0: We're doing this. It's on, Katie. It's a new year. People are motivated to be closer to Jesus. They're motivated to like lose weight and be on their phone less and all those things, too. But uh, if they're listening to this podcast, that means they're part of Hope City Church, probably, and they're motivated to get closer to Jesus, which is a great thing.
1: Yes, absolutely. Do
0: not listen to the cynical people who trash on New Year motivation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm all about some New Year motivation. I love the The idea that this year could be a better year, we're all about that, especially when it comes to spiritual disciplines. That's why we're doing this podcast. We're actually doing two episodes. Uh, this one's about Bible reading. the next one's about fasting. And we chose those two topics because um, two reasons. Number one, uh, our church starts the year with twenty one days of prayer and fasting. And we'll talk about that. Uh, but then also these are two topics you and I are very passionate about. And uh, and so I wanted to grab a microphone, hit record, and get some of what you have to say, because I uh, admire and love the way that you uh, try to get to know Jesus, and I want, I want people to get a hold of that. Yeah, so um, one of my passions, Katie, is I, I want everyone to know God the way the quote-unquote preacher knows God. And what I mean by that is I think sometimes there's this huge intimidation factor or this mystical idea that... You know, the pastor loves to read his Bible and he reads his Bible, kind of like the Old Testament in Moses. Like he hears from God and then he'll tell us. Or I try to read my Bible, but it doesn't make sense like it makes sense when, when the pastor talks about it or whatever it is. And I think there's this idea that because I'm the pastor, because you're a pastor. Well, yeah, they they have some kind of like secret club that is able to read their Bible and pray and fast, and it's different for them than it is for me. And, and one of my passions is I want people to be able to know God like the preacher knows God is kind of the way that I say it. And and that's really kind of demystifying this idea. So we're doing this in two, two episodes, Bible reading and fasting. This is the episode on Bible reading. And I guess my first question for you, Katie, is why do you love reading the Bible so much? Let me put you on the spot. Why? Why do you love reading the Bible so much?
1: Wow, that is on the spot. Um, honestly, I just, because I feel like I get to know God more and more through it. Um, and it's not necessarily like every single day is some sort of revelation, but the more I read it, the more I want to read it, and the more I just like crave the time with my Savior. Honestly,
0: you said you know it's not like super inspirational every day, right? I think that's a big Big barrier people have. Mm-hmm. I think people go to the Bible wanting inspiration, which is a great desire to have. Of course, we want to be inspired. Like if if you're not inspired ever, you're you're not gonna you're, you're eventually gonna stop. But you know the purpose of reading the Bible is not inspiration; it's formation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And as you do it, there's going to be some inspiration in there. But we we read the Bible because we want to become a kind of person. We want to become more like Jesus, and the Bible is the book, the words of God and, and, the, and the book that tells us what God is like in Jesus and then in all the other writings. And so, you know, Christians read the Bible. That's what we do. Um, maybe we could say now Christians read or and or listen to the Bible. Maybe it's an audio Bible thing. Mm-hmm. But we go to the Bible because we want to be like Jesus. We want to find out about Jesus. And, and this is the book that Christians have used to do that. And we want to do that. So what we want to try to do is be incredibly helpful, practical, To help you in 2022 or the new year. If if you're one of those people who say, I want to read the Bible more this year, um, we want to try to help you do that. And one of my favorite kind of ideas behind this is something James Clear says in uh, his book, Atomic Habits. He says, don't think what you want to do. Don't think about what you want to do on your best day. Think about what you can maintain on your worst day. And I have used that advice in a lot of Uh, resolutions and habit forming and things like that. Don't think about what you want to do on your best day. Think about what you can maintain on your worst day. I was talking to somebody uh, recently about a new year and they were giving me some resolutions and it was like exercise five days a week and fast one day a week and read the Bible every day. And it was unbelievable, ambitious goals, but it was a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think on people's best day, you can read a lot of the Bible. You feel like Jesus is right beside you. You're hearing from God. The Holy Spirit's close. But on your worst day, it's like, can you get there? Can you open the book? Can you find the time? Um, and so let's talk, Katie, about a little bit of advice about how do people, how people can can read the Bible on um, like normal days, not the extra special days. Those are awesome. But let's talk a little bit about the routine. Of reading the Bible. What is your routine? I know it's changed a little bit over the years, but what is your kind of normal routine for, for reading the Bible? How do you go about it?
1: Okay, well, it definitely has changed, you know, it's kind of evolved over different seasons of my life, but I do, um, for the most part, most days of the week, get up early to spend time with the Lord, and just kind of, honestly, it's more time, like devotion time, not necessarily... Reading to learn, I guess. Like, I have a separate time for, like, study, mm-hmm. study the Word, and then I have a time with, like, I'm just going to sit here and just, you know, kind of consume Jesus's Word, I guess, is the way I would describe it. But um, it, how,
0: how does that look? Like, you open the Bible and read some verses, or you...
1: Um, I usually start in some sort of quiet time prayer moment, okay. whether it's out loud prayer or just kind of just sitting quietly. Um, and then... Currently, I'm feeling led to uh, read, like, Gospels to learn about what Jesus did and who Jesus was and things like that. And so, um, but that's, like, the season that I'm in right now. Also, definitely had some moments where I went to, um, like, if we were studying judges, like, I would look through judges or whatever. But it's more just as much time as I can devote because... Sometimes my kids get up early, (laughs) you know, sometimes the dog needs to walk at 6 a.m. instead of 7 a.m., you know, and so but if I can just get to my chair, get to my spot, then I can at least open up the open up my Bible, see where I am or what I'm doing, you know, you know, ask God, like, what is it I need to be focused on right now and just have like maybe 15 minutes, maybe an hour depending on the day, you know.
0: So you are a morning time Bible person. Yes. Have you always been a morning time Bible person?
1: <laughs> yes, I fall asleep if I'm like trying to read at night. I read at night, but it's not the Bible because I'm just like dozing off, dozing in and out. But um, but it's also just like kind of some kind of refresh in the morning, just kind of start my day. Okay. That way,
0: I, Andrew and I talk a lot about the challenge for extroverts, which I, I guess you are an extrovert, so this would count for you. But especially, are you an extrovert? Uh, yes. Okay. I think so. <laughs> Especially for kind of the personality that Andrea has, where it's like, if we're not careful, we make reading the Bible or spiritual disciplines, we make it sound totally introspective, totally withdrawn, totally reflective. And that's not, that doesn't sound exciting for her. There's probably people listening right now who that doesn't sound exciting for them. We don't get to eliminate all of those qualities and characteristics, but, you know, Bible reading doesn't just have to be waking up early in the morning making a cup of coffee, getting a journal and a pen and a, like we describe it that way a lot of times. That's definitely the way I describe it because that's the way I'm wired. Like that's what I do. And and you're talking about morning time as well. I'm trying to talk Andrea into recording something with me about um, like devotional time for extroverts mm-hmm. because I know like she listens to the Bible a lot. She has to wake up way earlier than me. She's a high school teacher. She has to wake up way earlier than me. She listens to the Bible a lot of times. Sometimes she reads at night. And she kind of like jokingly will say like, yeah, it'd be nice if I could go to a coffee shop at 10 a.m. and read the Bible for an hour. Like, I don't get to do that. And so I know there are people listening right now who would say, that sounds amazing, but I work third shift or that sounds amazing, but uh, I got to be at my job at a certain time or I'm a night owl or I whatever it is. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we'd say. I, I think we agree on this, however you do it whenever you do it, there's got to be a consistency Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. And when there's not consistency, you're kind of at the whim of inspiration. And I don't know about you, but I know about me. Anytime I give my schedule the opportunity to pull me away from the things that are most important to me, they always pull me away. I get distracted, something comes up. And you said, I got to get to my spot. Getting a little personal here, you don't have to get all into your spot here, but like, what what is your spot? When you say get to my spot, what do you mean?
1: Well, I have a couple of different ones depending on the weather. So I have on my back porch, um, especially since my dog needs to be let out, I'll go out there and sit in the morning if it's nice out, if it's not too terribly cold, or I have a chair that I go to. Um, this is actually another like Atomic Habits thing that yeah. I learned. Um, just plugging some James Clear today, but That's right. um, so what he says is like if you have like a small space, so say you live in like a studio apartment, you have to have different areas for different things. And so like if you're always thinking about work on your couch, maybe it's because you open your laptop on your couch, or like if you're always thinking about you know or at the dinner table or whatever. So you're trying to separate that, or it's not like so I actually like have a desk where I like write and do Mm -hmm. things like that. But then I have a chair that is just me and Jesus, you know, like I don't even talk to my kids when I'm in that chair, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But like, you have to have like a certain area to kind of like separate your brain space. Really? Yeah. I
0: have a spot. Mine is a rocking chair that is in my, the corner of my bedroom by my bookshelf. Uh, Best and best investment I ever made. It was like $110 Amazon, maybe it's a little more than that, like $180 Amazon rocking chair. But for me, I know every morning's not going to be amazing, but I know if I can get to the chair,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like if I can just get to the chair, I'm going I'm to get some coffee. Who knows if my kids are going to be up, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes I will lock my bedroom door, like leave me alone. Uh, but if I can get to the chair, yeah, then I know at least I'm in the spot. I'm in the right place at the time. And like, I'm asking God to show up. In some way, but you said something else. I want to ask you about. You said there's study time, and then there's like devotional, be with Jesus time. Mm-hmm. Explain the difference between those uh, again, if you would.
1: Okay, for me, I mean, I started honestly with Bible studies. Um, you know, I grew up knowing a little bit of how to like at least facilitate the Bible, but not necessarily knowing the Bible. And so, I you know did a Bible study here years when ago. When you
0: say Bible study, you mean like a class?
1: A class. It was okay. a class. We had homework. And so that is what I consider, like, study, or for me, like, studying to, you know, preach or whatever. Um, But also just studying to, like, get someone else's perspective, like, um, you know, a Beth Moore study or Priscilla Shire or someone like that, which usually I do with a group of women um, here at the church via maybe Zoom or we meet or whatever, but um, that's kind of separate than just, like, time with Jesus. The
0: purpose Um, of those for you is not gaining knowledge. Yes. Like you want to learn what things mean or memorize or mm-hmm. that's what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Or just, I mean, I guess, learn about different parts of the Bible, different people in the Bible that I can learn something from, um, learn what to do, what not to do, that type of thing, as opposed to like just sitting and spending time with Jesus and filling up on his grace in the morning.
0: I guess. okay so you these are you're saying things that sound so normal to you I know but somebody's like what are you filling up with grace like <laughs> so Bible study is gaining knowledge yes um what like old historians or not historians but like old monks would call divine reading okay. which is the idea of I'm I'm they they would like so the monk in the mon- uh monastic I was about to say monastic no, that's not it monastic life. Um, they would, you know, they have the hours of prayer, so they would go to pray. And during that time, scriptures are read, usually from the Psalms, something like that, from the Old Testament. But they're not reading those scriptures necessarily to learn them, even though they are learning them. They're, it's kind of the foundational palette for worship and reflection and presence of God. But then they have what they call divine reading, which is after their hours, they would go back to their room or the cafeteria or the library, and they would read commentaries and Bible, you know, scripture for the purpose of memorizing it and learning it. I, I'm putting words in your mouth, but that's what you're describing, right?
1: Yes. I did not know that it was called a thing. but <laughs> Thank you.
0: But that. that the reason that's important, and I do think it's important, is because... Having a goal or ha- knowing what you're trying to accomplish when you go to read the Bible is very important. Am I going to learn? Like when we say learn, we mean like, am I going to like uh, learn information, get smarter about the Bible? Or is this about f- sensing and receiving from God? Mm-hmm. And those are two different things. And And I'm a little more analytical. I'm, I'm a little more uh, in my head a lot. And that is something that took me a really long time to have to kind of break apart because I would always go to the Bible to learn because I love to learn. So I would always go to the Bible to learn. And then if you looked at my journal or what I was taking away from my, quote, unquote, quiet time, it was three points, three ways, five things. You know, it was always like it was very, uh, uh, very educational. Mm hmm sitting still or trying to be quiet or trying to absorb grace or whatever it is you said earlier, like that has been a lot more challenging for me because sometimes I, I get done and I don't know that I've, I don't feel like I've checked anything off a list or I've accomplished anything. Um, But give it your best shot. Like the person who's, when you say absorbing grace or, or, or you know, filling up on Jesus, like give it your best shot. Like what Somebody's driving down the road right now saying, I want that. What do you mean? What's your best attempt to try to explain what that means?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, I would say the way that I kind of either heard about it or, or, you know, kind of understood it is that it's like daily bread, like your daily routine with Jesus, like just to sustain you, I guess. Like I am a different person on a day where I get to like have time with Jesus in the morning through scripture and prayer. Um and that would be it is like a daily sustaining um where I find like okay God get, give me the grace to be the mom that you need me to be today. You know, like give me the grace to let go of all pressure, you know, and things like that. And so that's like been like a daily practice where study might be, you know, if it is a Bible study, sometimes it's four days a week instead of seven, you mm-hmm. know, and it's a little longer or it's, re- you know, it requires more writing and things like that.
0: Is um, it tangible? Like you, you, you feel like I met with God, I sensed God, I felt God in those times.
1: Most days, some days, some days not. Some days right. it's like I'm gonna pray and ask God for grace, and then I'm going to have to make breakfast because the kids woke up, you know? And so I get up, and I'm like, and I don't feel bad about the fact that I didn't do it very long or that the kids, you know, I just kind of say, okay, Lord, sustain me today, yeah, you know, through that one verse that I got to read before, you know, something happened.
0: Guilt is such a big part of it. You're talking about feeling bad. Like, Mm -hmm. shame and guilt is such a big part of it where people are like, oh, I need to read more. I didn't get a chance to do that. And I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm not one of those people who's like, just read a verse if that's all you can read or just read a devotional book. Like, yes, those are great gateways. So, so I'm, again, out of both sides of my mouth, like if that's what you're doing and that's all you're doing, like, don't stop doing that. But quantity in some ways does play a factor in what's happening to your soul and what's happening to your brain, and your head, you know, getting to know God. But I talk to so many people, I know you do too. I talk to so many people who are like they, they they feel ashamed or guilty because they just slept in or I didn't wake up too much or whatever. And and the idea is that, you know, God's keeping score, or they've got to earn something, or they're failing a test. And they don't view that time with God as a receiving. They view it as an earning. Mm-hmm. And I hear you saying that a lot and the way you're describing it is like I'm getting to this place or getting to this spot at this time. And the reason I'm there is because I'm in a receiving posture, mm-hmm. not a earning posture. Mm-hmm. And that's a great challenge for everybody who's listening right now is like, how do you view that time reading your Bible or, or quote unquote, quiet time with God? I'm dropping a lot of quote unquotes, but your time with God, do you, is, your, is your posture more of a receiving posture or is it more of an earning posture? Mm-hmm. I get done and I feel like I checked off the list or I get done and I feel like I have been receptive To what God's trying to do, and that has that has been a major adjustment for me. Is like God, I get to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do this. People were Christians for fifteen hundred years before the printing press, or fourteen hundred, whatever it was, fourteen or fifteen (laughs) hundred years. Like, people didn't have personal Bibles. Like, just because I'm not an awesome morning Bible reader doesn't mean I'm not a Christian but I am becoming a kind of person. I am being formed into something. So if I grab my cell phone when I wake up first thing in the morning, and I'm looking at it while I'm in the bathroom, or while I'm drinking my coffee, and then I get in my car, and then I listen to a podcast, and then I get—like, those habits are forming me and shaping me into a kind of person. If The same is true with the Bible and with Scripture. It's like, if I can can make that a part of my life, then that's going to shape me and form me and make me into a kind of person. So um, let's talk a little bit about why people struggle or why they quit or why they don't stick with it, because it's a new year. We're recording this uh, at the very beginning of a new year, and people will jump in. And so let's talk a little bit about why they may not stick with it. They've tried lots of times. You know, Let's give a couple of those reasons. I'll go first. I think one of the first reasons or the biggest reasons that people stop reading their Bible is they're underwhelmed. We've been hitting on this a little bit, but Unfortunately, pastors and preachers like me, you know, we preach on this idea of spending time with God and we make it so romantic and so glamorous. And and then people are like, okay, I'm gonna wake up early and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And they expect the Bible to fall off the bookshelf and open up and it'd be the perfect passage and then a light from heaven and then, you know, goosebumps and all these things. And it's that's just not we don't mean to, but we make it sound like that's the goal and that's what's going to happen. And sometimes it's just, it, most of the time, it's just very normal, um, and it's and it's routine, and it, and because it's shaping. And so I think the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges people face, is they just feel underwhelmed. Like, oh, that was it. Like right. I did that. That was it. And because you know YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok or whatever else is out there, because. That's available at our fingertips and that kind of stimulation, like that's kind of an over, we're we're so overstimulated that because that's available to us early in the morning versus pulling out a book and reading a book, of course, our brain is craving that overstimulation. And so it's just kind of an underwhelming feeling and you, and most people don't stick with it long enough out of not obligation. I want to be very careful what I'm saying. I'm not saying out of obligation, but I'm saying out of commitment. Mm -hmm there's a difference. Then it's like, Oh, well that was not, I tried, it didn't work and I'm moving on. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think just having a realistic view of what it is and why you're doing it is a, is a big, big part of it. What are some other reasons you think people don't stick with it?
1: Um, honestly, I think because we live in a world that's so busy all the time, I know you hit on this earlier, but like my husband goes into work at like 4am. So it's like, okay, when in the world is he going to get that time in? Or, you know, we've talked about kids waking up or just yeah. feeling like that is I cannot wake up a second earlier. I feel
0: awful that, saying know? Brad, you should wake up at three forty-five, <laughs> right? Three thirty, like that's <laughs> yeah, surely that's not the plan.
1: Yeah, it's not always four a.m., but sometimes it's really early. But um, but yeah, so like you get too busy, or you know, life you or maybe you go for a season, and then all of a sudden like something happens and something's added to your plate, and it just becomes that's the first thing you kind of let go of is. Um, time with Jesus and reading your Bible and that can be hard sometimes, but um, but it, it really is the consistency. And I like how you describe that like it's not obligation, it's like a commitment, you know, but with anything like over time, you know, you will make time for the things that are important to you, you know? Yeah. And so it has to be like a priority in your life, um, in order to stick with it for a long period of time because there will be something else that comes up. There will be a reason to stop, or there will be, you know. Yeah. And um, but if you, you just got to keep going, you know,
0: one of the biggest one of the most helpful things to me uh, managing my schedule or being busy or whatever you're describing there has been managing my nights. Mm-hmm. If I manage my nights, the next day seems to go more to the schedule that I want to set. When I don't manage my nights, I, I oversleep. I'm rushed in the morning. So now, now physically I'm rushing mentally, emotionally, I'm rushing and I'm not, you know, uh, aware of, of, you know, the Holy spirit in my life. And so this is really hard in football season. Cause I love watching football, but like, I have to manage my nights. And if I'll get in the bed and I'll go to sleep, then the next mornings they, they, like so I'm just saying that just a little helpful tip for anybody out there. Mm-hmm. When you look at your schedule and you look how i I'm not talking to the Brad Ellis's of the world who get up at 4 a.m. I'm talking to everybody else. Yeah. that doesn't have to get up that early. Um but manage your nights is a big is a big part of it. And so um underwhelmed, busy, we've talked about that. Uh and then the last one I would say why peop why people don't stick with it, and I, I mentioned this earlier, but they we're just addicted to stimulation. Mm-hmm. We are an overstimulated culture and, and more now than ever, it's only growing. And so you talk to so many people, I don't have time to get under my soapbox pet peeve here, but you talk to so many people who say, I, I don't read. Like not the Bible, there's I don't read, period. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Mark Twain who said, you know, those who don't read have no advantage over those who can't read or something like that. I think that's what he said. And obviously I love to read. I haven't always loved to read. I was a terrible student, but as an adult, I've become an avid reader but I think part of the challenge is when Netflix is available and all the social media and the phone and, you know, even outside of the phone, just everything in our society and our culture is just like revved up on, you know, stimulated steroids. And then the the way of Jesus and the, the way of our spiritual kind of heritage and historians and theologians and Jesus himself was retreat and withdraw and get away and you know, silence and solitude and sacrifice and all of these things they're so countercultural when everything else at our fingertips will give us that dopamine hit that we want in our head. And then your pastor or your leader is saying, get away, spend time with Jesus. And your body is literally addicted to stimulation. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's hard. People are like, oh well, I've tried it. I'm just not good at it. Of course you're not good at it. Like, yeah. but we never say like, oh, I've 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 tried to, you know, I've tried to be on my phone more. I'm just not good at it. We don't say that because it is, it is created to give us that dopamine hit. And then we, we, it becomes a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we, those are real struggles we have to fight. Like it's not, that's not a problem just for some people, you know, that's a problem for every person is overcoming that addiction to, to stimulation and then becoming the type of person who doesn't have, like, who's okay with boredom, who's okay with quiet, who's okay with getting away. Um, and so those are just a few of the, of, the, of the reasons that that we think maybe, you know, you're we haven't stuck with it or you haven't stuck with it as much in the past. And so if you are out there listening and you say, yeah, this year I want to be more of a Bible reader— um, let's try to give a couple of helpful tips here, Katie, for people who are trying to, to do this, to kind of jump into reading. What are a couple of things that you would say to somebody starting fresh in a new year trying to read the Bible more?
1: Um, a couple of different things would be maybe have somebody, like accountability, like read something with someone, even though it's, you know, maybe not like a full Bible study, but like, hey... To maybe somebody that you're walking with in faith, either they're a mentor or somebody that you kind of brought along with you. Like, let's read, you know, Luke together or Matthew together, something like that um, will kind of help to where y'all are both kind of like talking through it. Uh, Accountability is always good for lots of reasons, for new habits. Um, And then also a practice that I did in the past, and I kind of do now, but it's more like in my Bible when I write, is the soap Mm-hmm. Um, which S-
0: Scripture, observation, application, prayer.
1: Yes, and I actually have a, um, a couple Bible studies that um, from Horatio that are broken down in soaps or whatever, um, so that I actually have those physically, but you can just do it in a journal. But you pick, you know, maybe read a chapter, pick a scripture that stood out to you. What are you observing? What's happening? What's going on? How does it apply to you? And what's your prayer? Um, and that's kind of a good way to kind of get started on, you know, yeah. learning about the Bible. There's a couple of things that I have done in the past that I enjoy doing. So,
0: yeah, I think the only thing I would add to that is, um, is I would add some type of regularly scheduled commitment. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about accountability. Maybe that's a part of it, but it's like, if you are waiting, like if, if your plan's different every day, it's probably not going to be a successful plan. Yeah. Like for me, When I'm in my sweet spot, it's not always this way. It's seasonal flow, things like that. But when I'm in my sweet spot, the alarm goes off at 530. I'm dazed and confused for a little bit. But from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., I'm going to get to the chair. I'm getting to my spot. Andrea's already out the door. She's headed to work. Hopefully the kids aren't up yet. Solomon's probably waking up soon because he's an early riser. But 6 to 7, like, if I can get to my spot at that time. So... I would just encourage anyone, like if, if you're saying, hey, I want to do this, don't leave it to chance, mm-hmm. even if the first week or two or so is not like the most romantic, inspiring thing. It's like, what's your plan? Where are you going to get to? Uh, you know, where are you going? When are you getting there? And that's going to make everything else that you're trying to do uh, Easier because you're in your spot at your time.
1: And for different people, a different schedule, something that like Brad does, um, different from me because he gets up a lot earlier, mm-hmm. is that he'll go ahead and get ready for work, get in the car, and they'll have either a devotion book or a Bible in his in his in his truck. So he's already at work and then he spends time with Jesus Ooh, I like in that. in the truck because then it's before he actually like starts his day, really. But he doesn't feel rushed in the morning to get to, you know, like that is his, I would say, I don't know if you ever articulated that, but like his truck is his spot. Yeah, <laughs> so. I
0: love that. In the parking lot of work before you go in, mm-hmm. you still have a spot. Because he gets there early
1: anyway, because that's his personality. And yep. so instead of scrolling through something on his phone or whatever, he's spending time with Jesus Yeah. in his truck.
0: L- let me Let me end with this. You don't have to read the Bible. Should you read the Bible? Absolutely. Does not reading the Bible, you know, make you not a Christian? Of course not. Jesus is what makes you a Christian, the work of Jesus on the cross. But Christians read the Bible, Christians study the Bible, that's what we do. But the reason I say that, you don't have to read the Bible, is I I desperately want you to get out of this idea of obligation, guilt, shame, and getting to a receiving posture that says, I get to spend time with Jesus, I get to have a personal copy of a book, that has lasted thousands of years over all different continents, the kings and rulers trying to destroy it, translations, all kinds of things. Like I get to have a copy of this book in my hand. I get to withdraw. I get to get away. I get to spend time with Jesus. I get to receive from God. I want, I desperately want you to adopt that mindset and get away from that mindset that says, I have to do this. If I don't, God's going to be mad and I should have, and I'm such a terrible person and those types of things. So try to have that receiving posture this year and do it and reach out to one of your leaders, reach out to one of your pastors. If you have questions, do that. But man, we are praying for you. We desperately want you to be the type of person who reads the Bible and spends time with Jesus. Anything else you want to add, Katie?
1: Pick a translation that works for you. Okay. You mentioned translation in that, and like I don't know necessarily know if people uh, know there's different translations because I know there was one time when we started Bible study and somebody brings a King James and that's that's difficult. So NLT, the Message, something like that. But yeah, something. like So that- we
0: we typically use NLT around here, which stands for New Living Translation. There's NIV, which is New International Version. There's KJV, King James Version. There's NKJV, New King James. There's a million. The Message. There's a million. We don't pick NLT because it's somehow more spiritual. It's just I'm the preacher and I like it, so that's what we use. Um, There's Everyone's a little bit different. ESV, a lot of people use ESV. The biggest thing is can you understand it? Mm -hmm. If they're selling it at a bookstore, it's a credible version. Can you understand it if you can't find a different version?
1: One of my favorite questions people ask me is like, which Bible should I get? And I'm like, yes, because when you have a physical Bible in your hand, when a translation that you can enjoy, it really becomes something, you know.
0: It also allows you to leave your phone or iPad away mm-hmm. and not get got distracted. That
1: technology, uh, that's right. Technology dopamine thing.
0: Okay, so we're gonna do one more episode on fasting, but this was Bible reading. I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you listen to uh, to the next uh, next episode.